0: hey 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 welcome back it's leading women in tech here i'm tony from TonyCollins.com, your executive leadership bestie your career bestie the women you need in your life to make sure that you're thriving as a woman in tech i'm just gonna put that out there welcome back to the show or welcome to the show if this is your first time listening it's an honor to be in your earbuds Today, I am talking to the fabulous Tacey Avedikian. She is the VP of Digital Transformation at Little Bird Marketing, and she's all about putting in place effective and revenue-generating digital transformations across organizations. She has extensive experience in qualitative and quantitative market research, and when we were chatting before hitting record on today's episode, I hadn't quite realized I suppose naively, how much tech goes into market research these days. So she is a natural techie at heart as well. But she's really driven by her own curiosity, her passion for helping people And everything that she does in her day-to-day job, as well as her entire career history, is driven by that. And we're going to be digging into that a little bit. We're going to be talking about the mindset shifts that she's had to undergo and how you can utilize some of those to really elevate your career and elevate your company as well, right? Whether it's building social influence skills for sales teams, HR departments, C-suite thought leaders, or insight professionals, Tacy is all about building a framework for effective online habits delivering you your career and your organization and benefit from an increased visibility so let's go straight to the show and dive on in. you're listening to the leading woman in tech podcast where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech the techniques tips and strategies you can use to become a standout leader Welcome to the show, Tacey. It's great to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited. Oh, I can't wait to dig in. So let's start straight off with sharing some of your background, how you got to where you are today, because as a VP of Digital Transformation, that's going to have been an interesting journey. And I would love to know
1: what brought you to this place of of the job that you're currently in? Yes, I would love to share that. And people are always interested, you know, and what is VP of digital transformation or how would you, how do you get to something like that? But I've always been intrigued with people and cultures and the connections. Um, so understanding just the drive behind what makes people engage and why we surround ourselves with the people that we do. And that curiosity led me actually to market research, um, which was, you know, something so new to me. And from there, you know, Market research, customer development, and when COVID hit, I just felt heavy um, in the sense that you know people and their jobs, and just in general, everyone was just kind of confused about how to handle things, you know, in in our world and how to handle themselves and their careers moving forward. And so I just asked myself, you know, how can I take my experience and my knowledge and help people and help companies to just align them with these plans that will create digital dominance so that they can continue to be effective while still trying to maintain this work remote, you know, work life balance. Um, And so that is when I joined the Little Bird team as the VP of digital transformation.
0: Cool. So what is it that you do today
1: as a VP of digital transformation? What do you do for the clients
0: of Little Bird Marketing? Yeah, uh,
1: I work with you know our clients all over the world, and I align them with actionable plans to create their digital brand, their digital presence, um, all by creating effective habits for themselves and for their team, so that they can get increased visibility and set up you know the company and organization for long term success. Um, with the, with the way things are going right now, and you know had been going even before the pandemic, the world has gone so digital. And a lot of people are hesitant when it comes to making that transition. And, you know, with everything shut down, it's like, you can't really hesitate in at this point in time or else you're just going to be left behind. So my goal is to help them understand and to create that mindset shift of we, we want to be found in order to survive, you know, on digital platforms and in digital realms.
0: So tell us a little bit more about your career journey, because one of the things I love to do is to show the variety of career routes that the women I work with, the women I talk to, such as you, like we've all got a unique story. And I think a lot of us think there's, oh my gosh, I can't go, I can't become a VP because I don't have A, B and C. So can you tell us a little bit about your route from college all the way through to VP and tell us your unique
1: little setup, like what happened along the way? Yeah, I, I feel like I have, you know, not necessarily an interesting story, but the more that I, you know, put it all together and I laugh because even as I was building my LinkedIn profile, you know, some odd years ago and I was adding all my different jobs, it was very clear to me how much I was focused on serving people. I mean, I was one of those people that worked two jobs during high school, you know, two jobs all throughout college. And I was always just, whether it be retail or serving in a restaurant or, you know, helping people in some way—it was always around servicing people. Um, and so, I went to college and focused on marketing, so that's what I got my degree in, business marketing. And right out of college, I joined a small, um, just like mom and pop shop, I guess you could say, a marketing agency here in the city that I live in. And you know, I—I I just loved it, and it inspired me so much seeing how you know companies were being created and how they were being ran, and the fact that. I could contribute to their success by helping them to see, you know, what is, what is beneficial to their company and how to advertise their company and how to speak effectively to their clients. And um, so I just had this passion to continue to grow. And so I started joining more organizations, um, young professionals groups and just trying to learn and soak up as much information on the industry as I could. And I happened to meet um, someone that was in the market research industry, and we became just friends, and you know, kind of talked back and forth just about careers in general. And you know, next thing I know, I'd say a year or so later, she reached out. And was like, "Would you be interested in maybe applying for a job here? I think you'd be great." And so that pivoted me into market research, and being in a bigger company that had even more opportunity just you know fueled my fire even more. And even if there wasn't really opportunity at the time, I always was trying to think of what could I take to them to present, you know, to create some opportunity or to show them maybe where we might be able to add some value for our clients or, and so I was just always kind of moving and shaking, I guess you could say. Um, and I stayed in market research for years and just went through different roles to understand the different aspects that come into market research. Um, understanding consumers, um, B2B research, internal research, I mean, all the things. Um, and so that's really, you know, that helped me to even fulfill my passion more of people and just actually seeing data that shows why people gravitate to the things they do or why they buy the things they do. Um, and just taking all that experience led me to where I am today. So it's not, you know, too crazy or too interesting, but um, I think it's unique in the sense that, Starting with just a marketing agency and then going even deeper inside the marketing to the actual data that leads you to those marketing decisions and now helping people to understand how to, you know, market additionally through a digital world and not just that billboard or commercial or, you know, media buy that we used to do. That is
0: fascinating because um, actually one of the things I see as a commonality we, in women like you who've got to VP level or the C-suite, um, we all have different stories. We all have very different experiences along the way, but there are a couple of commonalities that I see. One is this passion for helping people. I think part of being a VP actually far more even than the c-suite is this desire to solve problems for people because a lot of what we do as vps is actually helping people right whether it's our team or the customers it's a people-focused role in a way that earlier on in our careers we might not have had the luxury to have i certainly coming from a software engineering background I was very removed from helping people. But for you've had it your entire career, I had to find my students. I think that's one commonality. Another one I see with all of the women I talk to is curiosity. And you demonstrate that in spades. You were always learning. You were always exploring. Um, And I see two roots there. Again, I just want to highlight this for the listeners, because you've just talked about how you tried lots and lots of different things. And I think sometimes it can sound like we have to have lots of different jobs. I've heard people say, I can't get to this level because I've not had enough jobs doing different things. And I've also heard people say, I've moved around too much. I'm not hireable. Neither are true. What you need to be doing is always exploring. And that can be within one formal job. I certainly explored having just one job title, I think, for five years. I was heavily exploring But I technically only had one job title, whereas I've known people who've changed their job title every, actually as as frequently as every six months. That might be a bit too much, but I'm not here to judge on that. I think that is, you hit on the head there, the fact that I see this across all the women I speak to. And so for the audience, I think something I really, really want you to hear from Tacey is be passionate about exploring, be passionate about helping people because it's always going to serve you. So thank you for sharing that with us. Sorry, I had to like drop that one in there. Yes, no. <laughs> but I have a lot of things I want to dig into today with you. So let's, let's kind of move down my list. Otherwise, I'm not going to get you through even half of it. When we spoke before the show, you told me about how you've seen the people who have been waiting for COVID to be over are now behind the curve. Can you explain what you mean by this? Yeah, I
1: think at the beginning, people were hesitant and, you know, whether it be with their own career or with their business in general, um, you know, to make any changes, they wanted to just keep going business as usual. But the world was changing and people, you know, in being in market research, you know, the data was showing people thought, oh, this will be over in three months and, you know, or six months on the long end, and even three months felt so long, right? I mean, thinking about it, and now we're at almost two years of You know, still dealing with this pandemic and normal is not a thing anymore. The Mm. world has had to shift. So those people who waited to, you know, not move their personal brand or their company brand forward with the ways that the world was changing because of what was happening are behind. And I mean that in the digital sense of, you know, once everything was shut down, if your company was all about um, requiring your sales leaders to be in face-to-face meetings, you know, 10 times a month, that is not something that is sustainable anymore. But still forcing them to reach out to their customers and try and encourage them to meet or to lunch or to, you know, anything like it puts them the the employee or yourself in an uncomfortable position, but it also puts your client in an uncomfortable position. Offices are shut down, people are remote. So companies need to pivot their ideas, their strategies, their structure to that remote digital format so that everyone feels comfortable and that they can succeed. I think about my kids, uh, my oldest is 11 now, so she got to experience it a little bit more, but my younger daughter never got to experience Toys R Us. And, you know, my older, right? I mean, just thinking about it, you think of all the colors and the giraffe and all the toys. I mean, they had so many toys, but that is, you know, one company that's an example of Amazon became their competitor and they weren't able to pivot or they waited too long to pivot to a digital aspect that now we don't get the luxury of having a Toys R Us. Mm. Um, so, you know, that is to me is, you know, you don't want that to happen with your company or even with your personal brand, you want to stay ahead of the curve and showing people that you are digitally savvy, that you're available online, that they can look you up or find you on a social platform. I think that is absolutely important for the success of your career growth and for the success of organizations as a whole.
0: It's interesting you said that about with our personal brands, even being digitally savvy, being available online, because although the people I work with are in tech, there are a significant number who do not want to be visible online. Actually, I think almost working in the tech industry, we understand how our data is used and we therefore tend to be more reluctant to share ourselves online. I I know many of the people I work with, in fact, I have family members who feel this way. (laughs) it's not be out there whereas i'm everywhere but then i run a business so it's kind of like part of the deal but can you tell us a little bit there about how to be digitally savvy why it's so important particularly in the in the lifetime of covid how for us as individuals we can be present and comfortable, ideally, with that online presence and why it's important for our careers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, you know, with, again, everything that's happening and even in the future, because I don't want people to think that they should only be online while we're going through this unique situation. Uh, The world is just, in general, moving towards technology as a whole and going more digital and online. Um, And data is showing that people are More than halfway through the buying process before they even reach out to the, you know, the sales rep or to the company that they want to work with. And they're doing that because they're able to go online and find all the information about a company or about a brand that they need without having to worry about, you know, being accosted, I guess you could say by, by, you know, the company or the sales rep over and over. And so making sure that you're able to be found. Online in some aspect. And it's not that you have to, it's not necessarily the more the merrier. I'm not trying to say you need to have every single social media platform that is available. You need to have what is beneficial to your goals, to your career goals, to your company goals, um, and focus on those and just let people know that you're out there, that you're, you know, they can reach you, that you want to communicate with them. And I think you, it's, you know, you definitely need to find a happy medium of people buy with empathy mm-hmm. and, and women are so lucky because I feel like we lead with empathy a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And so the ability to relate to one another and to other people is a huge aspect right now of everything um, and how people make decisions, um, even, you know, in their careers, so making sure that you're able to show not only who you are and allow people to relate to you, but also show them how you got to be who you are, you know, the, through the company that you work for, or through the products that you sell, or the service that you offer, what is it that led you to be this amazing, um, you know, tech director, or coach, or whatever it may be, it's, it's giving them that idea of who you are, and what you do without just constantly hounding them with everything being about you.
0: Mm. I I love that you touched on that, actually, because one of the key things I've learned coaching women through career uplevels, career transitions, is that the majority of people recruiting at the moment, because it's easy, will start and stop their hiring search on something like LinkedIn. In fact, the majority of jobs are not even advertised and they will headhunt, but they will do it in the simplest way possible. And the simplest way for them is to find 10 candidates. If they can get all 10 candidates on LinkedIn, that's where they're going to be. So if you're not on there, you're you're holding yourself up. But I loved your point about that empathy piece and sharing your story. And one of the things I say to people, like the reason you're a LinkedIn profile whether it's actually as an individual or as a business is different from like official sales speak, whether that's your resume or a sales page on your company website, is because you get to share more of your story. Like I will tell the world about why I do what I do as a coach for women in tech, how passionate I am, what my journey was like for as a woman in tech myself, because you know what? I want to work with people that get that story who are excited by that story who are actually honestly experiencing the same things I experienced because I don't want it to be as painful for them as it was for me that's part of why I do what I do I think we need to be more open with that like I think we have to have those conversations more and it's it's not people think it it makes them look vulnerable or or less good at something there's a difference between vulnerability and complaining or (laughs) that sort of thing I just I think that's an interesting like thing that you've added in there is this, the empathy piece It's not just leading with empathy, it's showing up with empathy
1: in your online presence. Yeah, absolutely. And to just add to that, think about the opportunity for connection when you are in the digital world. I mean, there's millions of people online from... You know, country to country, the opportunities that you have to create those relationships is endless and you wouldn't have had those before, or you you won't get those if you're not online in some capacity. And I always tell people, you don't have to, you know, if there's a sales aspect or you're looking for a job, it's it's not necessarily those people in your network that are the ones that are going to be your direct help, but they are then going to do the networking for you because you've built an advocate. Um, out of your connections, out of the network that you're interacting with. And then they go out there. And when they hear that thing of, oh, my gosh, you know, I've been looking for a director or I've been looking for uh, a tech leader. And they're like, oh, I know the perfect person. And really, they've never even, you know, you've never physically met, but you've formed such a good connection via some kind of social mm-hmm. or digital aspect. Um, so it just creates so much more opportunity for everyone.
0: Absolutely. And I always say to people that your network is both your biggest asset personally and your biggest asset for your business. Like you and your network as a leader is part of your sales pitch, right? The people you're connected with as a senior executive, part of why you're being hired, to be brutally honest, it may be very uncomfortable for you to hear, but part of why you're being hired is because of how well connected you are. Like, (laughs) You are your network and your network is your asset. So just embrace this, people. Like we live in the 21st century and I think this is a beautiful thing. Uh, The fact that I get to work with women all over the world, despite the fact I live in Scotland, I don't have any clients in the UK at all right now. (laughs) But I get to work with women all over the world because of the beauty of the 21st century. So let's embrace it and see it as a good thing. Um, I want to talk about networking for a moment next Many people right now are transitioning. We've we've we hear people talking about the dig, big dispersal. A lot of people are quitting their jobs, going for new jobs. What networking tips do you have for us for us to transition in our careers right now?
1: Yes, I love this one because I think tra- you know transitioning careers and just even taking the time. I was reading an article the other day about how people have saved up money during the pandemic, or you know they're able to take off a short. Period of time to just reassess mm-hmm. what it is that they wa- are wanting to do in their career, and as far as networking tips, I mean, of course, I have to say number one, get yourself online, um, and I think of you know building your personal brand from a business standpoint. You absolutely want to be on LinkedIn. Um, you know, if you are trying to build your brand um, in type of affiliate standpoint, then you know maybe you want to go Instagram, but. If you can get yourself on a digital platform in general, just to showcase who you are, to be there for other people, to be a connector for other people, to share your expertise, to form relationships, to join, you know, conversations that you never thought you would join before, absolutely you want to be online. And when you get online, on that, you know, let's use let's go with LinkedIn as the example. When you're on LinkedIn, you don't want to be just a looky loo. You need to actually engage and show people that you're more than just your profile, or you're more than just, you know, a consistent reshare from your company, that you actually have a voice that you are a human, that you want to be helping that you maybe got to take a day of self care, um, you know, and relax at the beach. I mean, those are the things that people want to see. Those are the conversations that people are having, they want to be able to relate to one another and know that they are you know, even though they may be isolated, they're actually not alone, people are doing similar things to them, or they can form some kind of collaboration. Um, So actually engaging on a social platform with those people in your network strategically or forming your network strategically so that you all have similar interests um, is absolutely something that you want to be doing in terms of networking, especially as you're transitioning careers or looking for a new career opportunity.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And I that point of you need to be engaging is a big one. I think we all feel very time poor, especially as executives. It's like there's never enough hours in the day. And a lot of people will say to me, it's like, I that's not part of my job. I don't have time to do it. I'm either working or taking care of my family or, you know, doing all the crazy things we do. We all try and fit so much in here's the thing, as I've just said before, your network is your biggest asset. You need to be networking. And one of the things I work with my clients on is building a 10 minute per day networking habit. It doesn't have to be a complicated, big process, but I say to people, like spend 10 minutes a day on LinkedIn, be really strategic with it. Like I have a whole process for that, but like, you don't, you don't have to like turn it into this whole big thing, but if you only do it once a month or like when you realize you need a new job, it's too late. You need to be networking. And as you point out, like sharing about yourself, it's that whole empathy piece. And empathy works two ways when we're asynchronous online, right? You need to show some empathy so people can engage with you and then you can give some empathy back. It's not being on a coffee chat with somebody that comes later (laughs) so yeah do that every day I love that so much hence like I had to like dump in there and add that little that little bit on actually out of interest how often like how often are you on LinkedIn or another platform how much time do you spend on there?
1: Yes. I actually, when I work with my clients and even for myself, I try not to spend more than 15 minutes a day on LinkedIn or any social platform in general, Perfect, because you can, you know, get down that black hole. So, and you can be so effective in just that short time.
0: Absolutely. It's all about having a process, right? A step-by-step that you follow, get in, get out, get it done. I love that. Um, Okay, well, let's talk a little bit more broadly, like moving past COVID. Like right now, m- some countries and states are lucky enough to be moving to a life beyond COVID. Obviously, internationally, that's not the entire picture. But hey, hopefully, we're all on that road, right? How can people play catch up if they are behind the curve that we talked about before? Or they simply felt that they had no other choice
1: other than to be behind the curve? What can we do? I think they can just get started. It's really, you know, and I know that we're we've talked about this before, and it's a big focus on yours. But I mean, it's creating that mindset shift for yourself. It's to stop you know, thinking like, okay, I'm going to do that. Or, oh, I'm just going to wait it out a little bit more. It's like, you have to take the initiative to actually start getting yourself out there. And if you feel like you are behind because you didn't have a social profile, or you haven't been engaging, then just give it some extra time. Maybe you need Thirty minutes a day to start until you actually have that network and that audience who is listening and um, collaborating with you, and um, you know you're building your influence. I think that just getting out there and getting started is the first step, and then you know just taking the extra time to catch up um, until you feel comfortable, like you've reached you know where you want to be in terms of other companies or other um, people in the same type of area as you.
0: Yeah, sometimes it is about getting in our out of our own way. Like, we think, oh, gosh, I haven't done this. It's therefore too late. Actually, no, you just need to get started. And to be honest, if you just get started, you'll still be doing better than a large number of people as well. Well, on that note, because you mentioned mindset, I've mentioned mindset, I'd love to dig into some, what, what are some of the challenges, um, as well as opportunities that we have that we haven't covered already on building our personal brand, building that credibility piece, any other opportunities for us? Gosh,
1: there are so many opportunities. And you, you bring up a really great point when you say, even if we feel like we're behind, there's people out there who either haven't started or they might be out there, but they're not actually doing anything to move the needle forward for themselves. So I think that, um, you know, making sure that you have some kind of strategy. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be a sales strategy, but goals. I mean, you know, if you want to achieve something, if you're looking to get something out of this social presence, what what is it? Understanding what it is that you want to get out of it um, is going to be key.
0: I love that so much. I think we think about goals and we think about strategy in terms of our day-to-day jobs, but hey, that applies to us too. I always say to people, have a personal professional development plan, strategy, and goals. Like just... Treat yourself as as important as your day job because you are, because you can't do your job if you don't care, take care of yourself, whether that's self-care or actually, like, having a plan for your career, that's a a biggie. Well, on that note, um, at the end of every episode, I love to provide listeners with a simple mindset tip to help them adjust how they act or think on the topic of the podcast today. So obviously, leadership mindset moment time. I would love for you to offer one highly actual mindset shift that listeners can make to help us be
1: better leaders. Yes, I think one of my favorite ones is you have two ears and one mouth. Um, so use them accordingly. Oh my
0: gosh, that I've never heard that before. That is so good. As a <laughs> as somebody who loves to talk, I need that one. Even though my coach, like, I think I'm a better listener now than I was a decade ago, because of coaching. Holy heck, that's so good. Love it. Having said that, I just talked a lot. Um, <laughs> so how can people find out more about you connect with you all that sort
1: of stuff? Yes, I would love people to connect with me. They can find me on LinkedIn, Tacy Avidikian. They can also visit my website, littlebirdmarketing.com. Um, and feel free to reach out. Honestly, I am an open book if they want to talk digital transformation, if they just want to talk social platforms in general, happy to be of help and let them know what, what I'm seeing with my clients and what I think can help them to put themselves in a better place.
0: Wonderful. And I will make sure that all those links are in the show notes in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening, do go and connect with Tacey. She is a rock star. So Tacey, do
1: you have any final thoughts you would like to share with the audience today? I think we covered a lot of great things. You know, I just, the only thing that I can really think of is the only person holding you back is you. You have to just get out there and start. Um, And if you don't start, it'll never happen. So I hope people, you know, make the next steps and get themselves out there in the digital world.
0: Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your words of wisdom. I have learned a lot. I love that. Two ears, one mouth. Use them accordingly. I'm going to be using that phrase. Love this. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Oh, it was so good to have Tacey on the show today. I love talking with her. I love that we got to dig into her foundation and in, in really serving people. And it's just something I see all of us doing. We need to serve, we need to enjoy that servant side. You know, I talked about servant leadership on an episode about a month ago or so now, <laughs> she possibly two months ago. And I think this is so true in the way we shop. If you're going to be an executive, you need to want to serve people and a mission and an organization. And it is about making things better because that's what drives us. And so I loved that Taisy talked about her experience of really wanting to help people from day dot in her career and having that curiosity because that's what it actually takes to get to the executive team. Like that was my real takeaway from our conversation, other than (laughs) two ears, one mouth, that's a biggie. But they're the only commonality I see. The only commonality is a desire to make the world a better place, to be curious, and to work with people. That is really what executive leadership is about. There are a million different routes, and probably an infinite number of routes to those positions, but those are the commonalities I see. So, if you're if you ever listen to this show and think, "Well, they sound amazing. They sound extraordinary," but I couldn't possibly because of A, B, and C. I want you to go back to basics. I want you to ask yourself, am I passionate about working with people, helping people? Not necessarily all of them. There are people I'm not passionate about helping, (laughs) but am I curious? Am I excited to learn? Am I all about exploration and am I here to make things better? If that's you, you're, you're able to do senior leadership There's a puzzle piece on the way to getting there. You know, We talk about executive leadership on this podcast a lot, executive presence, communication, all the things. Ultimately, it comes down to simply, am I excited by the fundamentals? If you are, I want you to know you're good enough. If you're already up there and listening to this, are you feeling that way? Are you still excited? Or is it time for change to find that excitement again, to work with people you love again? And if you are thriving right now, I'd love to know, does this resonate with you? That's all I've got for you today. As always, if you have enjoyed this episode, please do go ahead and leave a rating review over on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It really might just make my day possibly even my week. Until next time, remember, stay on your tech leadership game, my love. Follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Women in Tech podcast.